This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Geekscape is welcome to an episode of Geekscape. If correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is episode 126. And if this uh, is just in case he's wrong, yeah. I'm going to correct him now, and that way, by, that way, at least one of us is right. It's, You're wrong. It's either it's, it's either Jonathan's 125 right. or 20. Okay. It's 126. This is okay. Well, it's the first time for everything. And uh, we're we're really deep in it now. We got 126 episodes under our belt. If this is your first, let me welcome you to your new favorite. Movies, video games, and comic book podcasts. Where every week we like to break down the latest news and reviews with a guest. My name is Jonathan London. I've got a guest here, William Bibiani. Hello there, all you lucky people. He's one of our favorites. In fact, he won last year's favorite co-host award, yeah. uh, as voted on by you, the Geekscape audience. And, and in all uh, fairness, me. And <laughs> <laughs> No, I fine. voted for Someone myself. Can vote for themselves no, in every election. Think that's about right. it. If Chris Klein had voted for himself in election, that movie would have ended very differently. Oh, there you go. There yeah. you go. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Chris Klein is actually a good friend of Mr. Gilmore's. Did you know that? Hey, Gilmore, you want to have some pizza? He gets that phone call about <laughs> once a week. Uh, Brian Gilmore here is behind the camera. He can give you a wave, although you will see his gentle nubbins infiltrating the screen during the course of this uh, show. I got to tell you, Gilmore, um, don't, do put, look you, don't put your drink there because every time you reach for your drink with your left hand, it, it, yeah. Hey! Yeah. Yeah, that's a little something you discover when you're editing the show in out of nowhere you go, what the fuck? Oh, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that is me editing the show. <laughs> me editing the show is like, oh, maybe I should put a graphic. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, that dumb mother. Okay. It's so. such a thing, though, that that guy who drew, you, who drew the show, oh, that guy yeah. who drew the show. Well, we have a, we have a really talented friend of ours uh, in the Midwest, and he recently discovered the show and befriended us on... Uh, Facebook. On Facebook, and he nice. drew a picture uh, of me hosting Geekscape, and it was just me in front of like the kickboxer poster, and it says yeah. GSTV on it. Uh-huh. And on the edge of the picture, you see four little fingers. Oh. <laughs> yeah. so, a, who was your guest? Uh, there was no guest in the photo. It was basically oh. just me on the. I don't know set. if you, I don't know if you can carry this thing solo. But uh, I, I, you know what? I can't. I can't. 
agree. Yeah. If you guys see my stand up, I got about eight minutes of material. <laughs> but but luckily you are oh, here. You doubled it. I do like that Gilmore Very yeah, quick on the draw yeah. After 125 episodes 126 is when he actually gets uh, that ability I'm going to call it right now 150 episodides, celebrity roast Oh, okay, yeah Ooh. 150 episodes, celebrity roast yeah. Which celebrity? You. Hey, oh, you, okay. you I can take it Yeah, I can take it Um so guys, uh, we have movies, video games, and comic books to talk about this week. Uh, the movie this week, we, the big movie, I guess, was either Year One or The Proposal. Which uh, knowing The Proposal yeah. wasn't exactly the demo, and that Year One, uh, directed by Harold Ramis, and uh, starring Jack Black and Michael Cera, I was like, okay, that might be more up the alley of our geekscapists. Then the reviews started coming. Well, in. has there ever been a good caveman movie? Ask, uh, ask. I think of, no, something of fire. Oh well, Quest, Quest for Fire. fire. Quest I actually fire. never saw that. Quest the best, the best one I've ever seen was Teenage Caveman by Roger Corman. What, what, what does that say? Planet of the Cave Bear. Planet of the Cave or Bear. Just or, or just Caveman, caveman with Ringo Starr. With, with Ringo Starr. Right? Yeah, doesn't work. So doesn't um, work. The best, the closest we ever got was the opening of 2001, and I right. don't think Year One is going to match that. So, seeing these reviews, I was like, you know what? In 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 these difficult financial times, there's no way I can justify not only myself watching this. But having William Bibiani uh, watch this, motherfucker was gonna make me pay money to see that. Yeah, I wasn't gonna make you do that. Okay. Okay. I pull. I. I, I yeah. didn't. You, you pulled but out at the last pulled, minute, which, not, which, no, by no, the way, everyone appreciates. The last minute being the day before. Yeah. But uh, well, I was gonna go see it that night. But your worry was that these are the writers who are handling the third Ghostbusters film. Is that right? Uh, actually, I don't. I never brought that up. Oh, you did. I never so, brought that who, up who, once. Who told, who told that to me? Like, I don't know. I but if that's true, here's the, I haven't seen the movie yet. I don't know what else they've done. I think it's what was on last. Yeah. Oh, so whoever was on last week wrote your one. Nice job. Ivan Reitman uh, is in mm. charge of uh, of everything with Ghostbusters three. Yeah. So he, I don't think he's been asked. Hey, maybe to direct, maybe it's gonna be totally fucking badass. But I, uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, in, in lieu of going to see Year One, though, we went to see Moon. Which wait, is wait, what? That's no Moon. Oh, I'm sorry, Jesus going. Christ. <laughs> so in lieu of seeing Year One. Uh, and flushing that money down We went to see Moon Which is this new science fiction movie uh, Starring Sam Rockwell Who I first discovered in a movie By Victor Salva Called Clown House <laughs> Have you, Do you know about this movie? Clown I know House? about Clown House I've never seen Clown My House My brothers and I When we were kids yeah. We watched Clown House Religiously Turns out that one of the kids In, in uh, Clown House Is the uh, The little Lolita That drew Victor Salva Into uh, jail into jail. Yeah, he was. He was. He's a convicted. I don't know if it's a pedophile or a pederast. I'm not sure what exactly. But Victor Salva, who directed yeah. Clown House, and yes. Sam Rockwell, the first time I saw him as a kid, yeah. and I, you know, uh, he was pretty funny in Clown House. And pointedly, Sam Rockwell has never do... worked with Victor Salva again. So I don't know what we can read into that. <laughs> he then went on to do. The director went on to do Powder. Went on to do Jeepers uh, uh, Creepers one and two. Jeepers Creepers one and two. Which, by the way, entertaining enough in their own right. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but he's simply the, he's simply the gayest movie monster I have ever seen. And I don't mean this in a bad way. He's simply a homicide. He's sniffing Justin Long's underwear. He's got a bunch of scantily clad uh, teenage boys trapped in a, a bus, and he's licking the glass. I didn't know it was biographical. Oh, yeah. Yeah, true story. Wow. True story. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, Victor Salva gets to come out of jail 23 days every year, every 23 <laughs> years to direct a movie. <laughs> oh, shit. Peaceful Warrior, a prison break? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I heard Peaceful Warrior isn't that bad, but I, 
experience it. For the first half hour that I saw the movie before clicking <laughs> off, I have to disagree with you. Okay. Um, so, anyway, back to what we're talking about. Back to about. what we're talking about is Sam Rockwell is in this science fiction movie uh, directed by a guy named Duncan Jones, who's a. Uh, I have never seen a movie of his before. Well, he's he, never he, done he, it. He, he did a I short. Think he did a short. He did a sci-fi short before this called The Whistle, I think. But a lot of uh, what you hear about him is that he's the son of David Bowie. He's the son of Bowie. And usually, when you hear about these uh, celebrity kids getting freebies, like uh, directing a movie, yeah, or getting an or, album made, yeah, or, or starring in uh, uh, Nancy Drew. <laughs> you, usually uh, these it, 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 a red flag goes yeah. off. You, yeah. you start worrying a bit. It's like, oh god, are they gonna? Have... Occasionally, they do have talent. Drew Barrymore has mm -hmm. some talent. Um, Sofia Coppola. Sofia Coppola is a good director, mm -hmm. not great actress, but great director. Uh, and Duncan Jones, who doesn't Nicholas seem to, have, who, who Nicholas Cage is occasionally quite good. Uh, Duncan Jones, who did not take his father's stage name, which uh -huh. I think is hilarious, uh, that people are even talking about. That's like, right. oh, they didn't take his stage name. Like, well, it's not his Whoopty fucking shit. Yeah. Uh, did a great job. Yeah, this movie, Moon Guys, uh, stars uh, Sam, Sam Rockwell, Rockwell as uh, someone who's working on the far side of the moon in the near future. There's a, a hydrogen three. It, am I right? I, I think so. I think it's H3, H3 or is what they keep saying. Yeah. Is, is, is what we use to power 70% of our world. The only way to get it is by taking the energy of the sun, mm -hmm. which blasts the moon, right. and you take it out of the rock, and you send it back to Earth. Right. It only takes one person to do this, so one person by themselves on this base on the far side of the moon works in isolation with a robot. And uh, Gertie, played by Kevin Spacey, in his best role, and Spacey, God right. only knows how long. Uh, so he has to he has to check the harvesters, collect this energy, and then shoot it back to Earth. It's a lonely job, and it's a three-year contract. So every three years, yeah. uh, he gets relieved. Yeah. So you think uh, he's coming up upon the last couple weeks of his uh of his contract yeah and he's starting to lose it a bit starting to he's, get start, a little... he's talking to himself a little too much he's maybe starting to see things misses his wife and kid yeah when all of a sudden another he starts seeing a, another version of himself walking yeah. around the base it's tricky to talk about the plot it of this because because it, it is a simple but there's a simple plot but there's a lot of layers to it and if you reveal too much of it in criticizing it you're going to ruin a lot of the fun of Watching it now, I actually knew a bit of the twist oh, going did? in, and it still works great. But I wish I hadn't because it's it's oh. revealed. Most of the twists are revealed about halfway through the film, but that first half kind of suffers a little bit if you know too much. And when you think twists, you you might go see this movie and be bracing for something. Oh yeah, no, just it's not let like yourself that. go on no. that because it's not the way it is. It's not like a twist ending or anything like that. But there are revelations there are throughout the yeah. plot, and it, they all play out, and they're all. Gilmore, explored. You see this movie. It's They're all explored really well. Actually. I, I I was interested in it when when it played. I think it played Tribeca. I was interested in yeah. it there when it came on the ra my radar screen, and yeah. I, I I still was like, okay, well, that sounds like a Netflix because I never heard of the director. Uh, Nar Williams went to see it, mm -hmm. raved about it, yeah. And in lieu of year one, I said, let's see this, yeah. And I got to tell you, this, this guy. This director, this he whipped out a great movie. There are there have not been a lot of good sci-fi movies in the last few years. I can't think. The of concepts any, are great. great. The writing is solid. Yeah. And the way he handles the camera, film students out there, watch some of the techniques uh, he uses in this movie. Uh, partway through the movie, fairly early on, I turned to William and I said, uh, when, he when said, he, stop, when, "Stop chewing on that straw." Is <laughs> I didn't say said. that. But when he, when, yeah. when he starts seeing, uh, <laughs> when he starts seeing another version of himself appear, when you think, would think he's going wonky, and he starts seeing another version of himself, 
he uses he starts breaking the 180 degree line. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot. Which, which, you know, well, we, we, if, let's, let's explain this. Let's okay. explain if, this. If you're, for if you're who a filmmaker, film. right? Yeah. And William and I are having a conversation. If okay. you want a shot of William, you, you you put it on the you put it here on him. So mm -hmm. he's looking camera left to right in the shot. The reverse on me would be me looking right to left in the shot. So when right. you put these shots next to each other, they're talking to each yeah. other. And this will always be that way. In a wide, I'll be looking that way. In a, in a wide, he'll you be looking that way. Every angle, everyone is facing the direction they should be. And that way it's not confusing this when is you edit the it together. Is. Line goes right. nose to nose. But if all of a sudden, in the, middle of a, in the middle of the scene, you put the camera on this side, then I'll be facing the wrong direction. And it is generally considered that that is jarring, that that is distracting, and that is generally considered to be bad filmmaking. Sometimes it works. If but, you, uh, you know, ah, John, John Woo did it really well John Woo in did one it of the movies. Actually, it's very easy to break that rule. But you they need, don't teach you that. But you they need don't teach you that. You need something character-based to do it. Right. Like, like if no. all of a sudden you got mad, and I wanted yeah. to, or, or you, yeah. you, you flip, you turn the tables on me. Right. You could throw the 180 degree to, to show the audience, yeah. oh, something's changed. It's actually, no, and actually, the 180 degree will something they teach you as a hard, fast rule, but as you make more, as you make movies, you realize that there are certain ways you can get around it. For example, if it's two people talking in a very distinct space and they don't look like each other, mm -hmm. we're obviously wearing very different clothes, it's not going to be too confusing if you cut to me. No one's going to think, wait a minute, is that Jonathan? Yeah. Doesn't work, but you can get away with it. Documentary more. style, movies documentary do it style. Well. You, you can you can get away with that, and Moon gets away with it very well. Uh, what I loved about it yeah. with Moon is is when Sam Rockwell is talking to the robot, mm. uh, they're they're treating the one eighty degree rule fairly well. When Sam Rockwell starts to talk to himself, this other version of himself. Mm -hmm. The 180 degree line rule starts getting broken. Well, because but he's, he's talking, talking to himself, himself yeah, which exactly. Is, yeah. Which plays upon what you've seen in movies, even though you may not be conscious of it, writing it down in a notepad as a, as you're studying it. It, the, the, it, it became obvious to me that uh, this guy Duncan Jones has a great grasp of the medium. He, no, gets, he, knows he gets what the he's rules. Doing. And he, he knows, knows how to doing. manipulate the audience. Absolutely. Because because later he. He, he just takes all the you know all the little film rules and he starts mm. playing with them to massage the yeah. audience into believing certain things and right. then taking them away from them exactly. and working with uh, yeah. different conventions. It's great. Another thing I learned uh, doing a little research on this film after we watched it was that a lot of the actually all of the exterior moon stuff not CG models and that's one of the reasons they why like it miniatures. looks fantastic. Yeah, they it looks miniatures. great. It looks real. It looks like it's actually occupying physical space as opposed to a lot of even really good CG. You didn't think there were miniatures? When I, you were watching it? I was watching it, but I was just hoping they were. I didn't know for sure. Because there certain. was some CG in it that I didn't there think was There was some was CG. There, there's some visual effects in the film. It's a low budget sci fi film, and some of the visual effects are. Have, you can see the seams if you're right. Looking. If you're kind of just you know, reading a newspaper and looking up, you can probably miss them. But uh, <laughs> if you're really paying attention. The no, don't. He was chewing on a straw. That'd be the very. Yeah, it's uh, oral fixation. But. Uh, no, she told me. <laughs> but no, some scenes in this in the in the visual effects. But the thing is, is that I think, especially for genre fans, we're all a little forgiving of that. I mean, if you look at like some of like, the Evil Dead movies, I mean, yeah. there's scenes all over the place. But you're involved. You, you really care, and I really cared. I liked everyone. I I really liked what they did with every the one person in this movie. I and Gertie, and I thought actually the way that they handled Gertie uh, was very interesting. Most usually robots in science fiction, I'm not going to go into too much detail, get handled a very distinct way. Yeah, and they didn't go that way with Gertie, and it actually made Gertie a much more compelling character. Because mm -hmm. um, I couldn't, I, I kept questioning Gertie's motives throughout the entire thing, and Gertie consistently surprised me. He and paid I, it really, I really, I really, really, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, long story short, too late. Moon. 
Definitely recommended. I was trying to think of a pun and I couldn't. I was gonna. <laughs> I was just gonna like, don't do this. It's and, a move. No, please do not do that. Yeah. Um, oh, that oh, <laughs> don't do the, don't do that to our audience. <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry, audience. Bibiani, you, you have childlike impulses. Jonathan, talk, talk, talk. I'm trying to talk through this. This is, this is a guys. disaster. I don't know what I'm doing with myself. Bibiani, we feel horrible. Remember for that time? Remember that time? Yeah, terrible. Remember that time you won a guest host award? Yeah, I remember that. The it did one not. Time. It, it did not give you license to urinate on the audience. Okay, in their ears. Well, I'm waiting till we're doing this podcast in 3D before I do that. Okay. And smell o vision. Yeah. Okay, scoot over. I'm me. sorry, audience. So, so Mr. Bibiani is also a connoisseur of independent films. This is Moon. What, what do we have? Gilmore's making a face. I guess the audience is making that same face. Sorry, when I get near Gilmore, I get very hot. So, so uh, this is male menopause. <laughs> he went to see a couple uh, different indie movies. Uh, One-Eyed Monster is one that I'm interested in. It's about a meteorite that hits Ron Jeremy's. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's a porn shoot. In yeah, the, in the woods. Yeah, where there's no and, cell phone reception. And like a meteorite or an alien or something hits Ron Jeremy in the dick. The dick detaches and goes off and starts killing people. Yeah, that's all you need. To, it's called One-Eyed Monster. One-Eyed Monster. Did I get I, that right? Yeah, it is directed by the guy who uh, did a lot of the music composition. He, did, he composed a lot of the music for Dawson's Creek. That's okay. what he's most probably the best known for before. <laughs> I know, right? The theme, did he do the theme song? No, no, that was uh, somebody, someone whose career amazing. is Meredith something. Uh, Meredith Baxter burning. That's not it. Jesus, Bibiani. Uh, I don't know. Spent a lot of time. No, he is a jack girl. of all trades. He is a jack of all trades. Bibiani yeah. is. Uh, uh, but let me just say something. One this monster. Movie, it's about uh, Ron Jeremy's dick detaches from Ron Jeremy, starts killing people, and I just want to say it's as good as that movie can possibly be. <laughs> all right, and, which is only so good. Let's let's be fair, but it's really good. It's it's, <laughs> it's sharply written. Uh, it's decently shot. I mean, it's it's it's, it's sci-fi shot, channel. It's shot like a comedy. Okay. So it's you're not going to see a lot of moody lighting. It's shot. You know, they kind of just blast light on everyone. Yeah. But it looks nice. It looks uh -huh. okay. And there's visual effects. You can tell what's going on. The visual effects range from absurd to pretty decent. Okay. Um, and uh, it's 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 uh it's it's a very very funny movie. I was yes. Gilmore Brian, has a question over raising there. his hand. Up. What's up? How does the penis kill people? Okay, well, first off, you have to remember that then this is something they have, they actually remind themselves in the film. It's this isn't just question. any penis. This is Ron Jeremy's penis. So it's long enough to strangle you. So it just ah. runs up, strangles oh. you. It does that a couple of times. Uh, there's a part where it, it, it chokes a, a, a woman to death, and then another character runs in. It's like, I forget the character's name. Angela has a dick in her mouth! And everybody goes, and? Yeah. <laughs> And she's dead. <laughs> so there's that, and there's actually this one bit. I, I almost feel bad ruining this, but I, I feel it's a selling point. Good. There's a part where a guy is running from the dick on a snowmobile. All right. And the, <laughs> yes, and it's and it's like tremors. The dick is underneath this layer of snow, and the snow is like, <laughs> right. Gilmore's face is is, is is exactly basically making so, so now. So if we do another okay. gauntlet, yeah, this is this is a gauntlet. This movie. is too good to be a gauntlet. Okay, movie. it's really no, it's got it's got uh, it's got Ron Jeremy who actually is, they, they wrote a great role for Ron Jeremy because he's like this old pro character yeah. who's like really sympathetic and like a mentor to all the younger characters, and it's got Veronica Hart uh, who is a porn actress uh, who is a really good sport because she's. 47 and she looks great for 47 but she plays her character like she's I mean she actually says it like in porn years that's 103 <laughs> all right she feels like her career is, is going down the tubes and she's got a lot of great scenes with Ron Jeremy and they're like talking about, remember that first film we made together 
Yes, it was Celebutant Sluts 2. Yes. I've always remembered it. it, it you know, really right. melodramatic and, and really kind of touching, actually. Um, and so many good jokes oh, okay. and and jokes and, and okay. really jokes i mean there's a part where like the lights go out and it's like it's okay i think i found a flashlight how do i turn this thing on and then there's that moment I'm like i think you suck it and then the book <laughs> die. <laughs> it's fucking, so uh it's really really it's if you want to see a movie about ron jeremy's dick killing someone this is the one to see it's really <laughs> I, I was i was far more entertained than he, i was expecting he, he's a connoisseur william bibiani here writes a uh, seg segment for the uh, geekscape website if you guys want to check it out called geekscape after dark where sometimes he where he just reviews uh, genre, porn movies that have something to do with the genre the geek uh, the geek genre hopefully or or at least have something interesting to talk about you yeah. know I, I try to talk about the story because because other places don't they don't no and They're that's safe for work porn reviews yeah. that's what I try for I try for because thing basically it's like if you were to read a Roger Ebert extended review of Basic Instinct he'd probably mention the sex but right. you could be it'd be okay to read that at work and that's what I try to do with Geeks Save After Dark because I feel that you know what porn movies are using the exact same storytelling conventions as any other movie and no one's looking at anything they're doing besides the sex. And guys, it's hilarious too. So uh, check that out on the Geekscape website. But One-Eyed Monster, that's something I want to see. Dead, really Dead Snow, real quick. You wrote a review on the site for yes, Dead Snow. Uh, this is a, a movie. A Norwegian movie. Norwegian movie about a bunch of campers out in the middle of the woods and somehow. With uh, no cell phone reception. With no cell recurring phone recurring motif throughout the episode. <laughs> and somehow in this cabin they, they uh, upset a bunch of. Uh, Nazi zombies. Nazi zombies. Yeah. And they have and, to And survive. chaos ensues. And it's, uh, you, you know what, the Splatterhouse no, I, I liked okay. it. Okay. I, I give it a thumbs up. The problem with the movie, if there is a distinct one, and I guess there is, um, is that it starts really slow. Oh. It's it starts slow. It starts off. It, it starts off seeming like it's classier than it is. And I think I mentioned uh. this in my review, um, where a lot of it it's like, okay, so we're getting to know the characters, fine, uh, and they they start to get picked off one by one. Hmm. In ways where it's like, oh, who could it be? Who killed that guy out in the woods? And oh, whatever. And it's like. You We're here. To, we yeah. we know it's Nazi zombies. We've seen a trailer or a poster at least. Right. Um, so we just kind of want you to get to the point. And then once they do get to the point, once a horde of Nazi zombies starts attacking, it gets really entertaining. Cool. It gets real. It's nonstop splatterhouse nonsense. It goes some places you expect. Goes some places you don't expect. A lot of the the gore gags are really funny. There's like a guy gets. Um, Bitten by a Nazi zombie And he's really scared He's gonna turn into one And the guy's like No you're Jewish They don't want you <laughs> um, But so he like Chops off his arm And he's like Oh thank god Everything's okay And then a Nazi zombie Bites him in the junk And he's like Ah oh. That's if, Okay that's, If, if, that's if what, you're into that If yeah. you're into that Well let's be honest here it, It's a splatterhouse yeah, yeah. Comedy um, You're either into that Or you're not Yeah It's, it's, it's a small But very dedicated uh, Fan base For that Dom And And uh, I'll put that yeah. in a gauntlet. I think it's a gauntlet. I really um, watch the penis thing. Okay. I, I, I'll say this: as much as I like that snow, and I did like that snow, I do give it a thumbs up. I think One-Eyed Monster is a more entertaining splatterhouse comedy because it is consistent throughout. It knows exactly what it is throughout the entire film. As opposed to Dead Snow, it. which finds it yeah. halfway through. Um, it's it's very very entertaining. Uh, but I recommend both because there aren't a lot of splatterhouse comedies out there. What about uh, this movie that was on Sci-Fi the the other week, uh, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus? Did you see, see this? It's got Debbie Gibson and Lorenzo Lamas. I don't know if that was on Sci-Fi. Was it on Sci-Fi? Sci it, it was released on DVD oh, in the last okay. few months, and okay, I rented so the DVD. DVD. I was I very excited for the DVD. I thought it was a Sci-Fi. It radio. might be. It, fe it feels like it but because Mega it's Shark about giant. Because it's like Boa versus Python was right. a Sci-Fi Channel original movie. 
Um, but this one, this one, Debbie Gibson is someone uh, who has a job pertaining to the. I don't know if she's a marine biologist or an oceanographer or an oceanologist she's or a sea she she's she's a scientist of some kind. Mm. She's like Jonathan she, Brandis. She happens to. In Sequest. Oh, okay. oh, I was thinking of Warner Brandis and sneakers for a second. I'm <laughs> no. like, hello, my name is Debbie Gibson. My voice is my passport. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Debbie Gibson uh, is studies the ocean of some sort. Uh, and she's there. She happens to be there during some sort of secret military test, which breaks up an iceberg. And a megalodon and a giant octopus are both unleashed from there, they, they were frozen in the uh, in, in the heat of battle. Oh, okay. which I guess they were frozen really fast. I guess the ice age just right. happened, but um, <laughs> I don't know how. But um, but they were vacuum sealed. But but the, the the movie rotates. It's very interesting. It rotates between really really low budget uh, sci-fi channel filmmaking because you know if you want to make a low budget movie about giant monsters, you spend a lot of the film in rooms with people talking about the giant monsters. Yeah. All right. There's a lot of there's so much, I lost count of how many scenes were of Debbie Gibson or some other guy standing on the beach looking off meaningfully. <laughs> you know, really thinking about the giant monsters. Really stretching yeah. the budget. Yeah. And, and like and like the same like narrow. I mean, this room is bigger than the set for the interior of the battleship. Wow. You know, and they use it for like three different battleships. <laughs> they don't even change the lighting. It's pretty amazing. But it's 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 really interesting. Debbie Gibson actually surprisingly charming performance. Okay. I've never seen her act before. I can't even remember how any of her songs go. But um, yeah, you do. I actually don't. I tried looking them up on iTunes. I was like, how did that go? And I listened. I was like, that was a hit. I don't. Even, I can't even remember that now. I heard that five seconds ago. Yeah. I think I have a Debbie Gibson CD in the trunk of my car. I think the rest of the audience can guarantee yeah. you probably have a Debbie Gibson CD <laughs> in the trunk of your car. But there's a lot of there's a lot of entertainment value to this. And this only, is a gauntlet movie. He threw it in the trunk of the yeah. car when Leah showed up. I'll say this: <laughs> uh, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus is a gauntlet. It's movie. good. It's a really good gauntlet because there are moments throughout that are really great. There's this part where it cuts to like Oceanic Flight 815, <laughs> and it's like you know there's uh, uh, a stewardess is like, "I'm sorry, we're experiencing turbulence. Please sit down. Please sit down." And this one guy gets up and says, um, "Is the turbulence going to last long? I'm getting married tomorrow." <laughs> and I'm like, oh, now I like him. Now I have sympathy for his character. He's a and she t- I know, right? What does that have to do with anything? So he sits down. <laughs> he sits down. He, have sit and, uh, he sits down and he looks out his window and he goes, holy shit. <laughs> and then you see a giant shark his POV. fly at his POV fly at the window from out of the ocean. Like, bite well, the plane like how, in the how, air how high and land. do you think this oh god it's miles and miles <laughs> 20, up in the sky 20,000 leagues into the sky <laughs> it, it, okay so, so this guy looks out the window and the only thing he, he sees is a shark. shark coming at him it's the last thing you ever want to see at, at the window the guy in the Twilight Zone movie okay John Lithgow in that movie would have killed to see that shark <laughs> no would have no, preferred to see that monster, my apologies. I As totally to fucked guy. up that joke. When, when Gilmore was on the wing of the uh, in the Twilight Zone, when yeah. John Lithgow looks oh, was outside, that you? It's... Any small character yeah. in any movie. <laughs> Gilmore was on the wing of the Twilight Zone plane. Yeah, yeah, he definitely yeah. would have preferred Gilmore on the wing yeah. than a fucking giant shark shooting up five Absolutely. miles. Absolutely, it's, it's the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life, and I tried showing it to my roommates. Was there an, was there an establishing shot of the plane and yeah. the shark coming towards? No, it? no, it was, it was pretty much all POV. It's, it's, for it's, reference, it's, it's, fair enough. <laughs> that way you get that way you you know, there, there is some good stuff uh, in size. There's a part where the giant shark takes a bite out of the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, <laughs> it just moves okay. on. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's entertaining on that level. It's not a particularly good movie. But if, if you're in a gauntlet mood or if you just like giant okay. stuff movies, 
I recommend it. I had fun. Not a particularly good episode. What? Every one of your reviews is like that. <laughs> it's like, hey, Moon was good. Moon was good. We we Moon both unequivocally great. like Moon. Moon was great. Yeah. Uh, guys, speaking of movies that are awesome, uh, Indiana Jones Five looks like it may be close to the scripting stage. Shia LaBeouf and the attempts of continuing his career. Mm. Is, I think maybe he just leaks the idea that they're going to work I on think a he sequel just, wanted, just to get this, himself. I work. think he did that with Why the Last Man. He was like, "Can we get? I'd like to play Yorick." And then someone he says, actually, "Hey, let's do he that." Actually he actually said that. He, he actually said that he was not going to do that. He wouldn't do that because it's oh, too good. it's too close to the character that he plays in Transformers. Which is like no, no. It's Yorick it's, is actually it's, a. Good he's a character. character. <laughs> yeah, I don't, the Transformer mm. character is. No, but I, I respect that though. He did say like, okay, you know what? It's too close to what I did in Transformers because it's a normal guy put in an extraordinary situation. Mm. I don't want to be typecast. Well, Does anybody want to go to the movies? <laughs> anybody want to go to the movies to see a normal guy in a normal situation? That's like Indiana Jones. He's not normal. Listen, Gilmore, you got to have some kind of abnormality. It's either the character yeah. or the situation. The whole the whole point of a movie of, of any narrative really <laughs> is something my life is this way, then something interesting happens. That's the point. So it's not like he's passing on York to go play the Elephant Man or somebody like extra Yeah. He's probably going to do Eagle Eye too or something. Eagle Eye or Yeah. Yeah. So Eagle Eye with a Vengeance. But but he did talk about how you know he's interested in doing more indie and Harrison Ford supposedly is like hey I'm not getting any younger let's speed it up so mm. shit okay now what can, what, what can, <laughs> that's what can my they, response so what, my only question is what can they put in Indiana Jones 5 that'll feel less appropriate than Aliens I don't know I, I can't even I, I can't even Transformers a mega shark Trans fucking Um You know what, guys? Uh, Mission Impossible Four. They they they've talked about um, Tom Cruise and JJ Abrams coming together Yay. as producers. Yeah, I liked I liked. Mission I thought Mission Impossible Three was the best Mission Impossible. It was. I, it was I thought so. Action packed thrill. Ride. It was really. It was everything I wanted from Mission Impossible One, and I like Mission Impossible Two. Yeah, action packed thrill ride. It's great. I was really really disappointed that it didn't make more money. Yeah. Because well, it was really. He, I I know why. Because because yeah. we were all a little sick and tired of Tom Cruise's right. shtick by that point. But it was a shame because. It didn't. It wasn't like it came out at the time that Tom Cruise did. Uh, I don't know. Something, uh, it, something, it was, it was, Mission um, Impossible Two. No, or something no, it, was bad. Well, it was yeah. the time when he was coming out with something really good. Yeah. It was like his first really really good movie in a, in a while, and I was like, eh, why? No. Couldn't you just keep your mouth shut and talk Mother about the movie? Fucker. But he, he's yeah. he's starting to behave. He's learning. He's to starting behave. to behave. No, I, I liked Valkyrie a lot actually. I thought, was it? I I liked. I mean, it has flaws. I'm not calling it a perfect movie, but I was. I was engaged throughout. Gilmore shaking his head. Gilmore. Uh, Gilmore said it was part of the Brian Singer sixty percent. Sixty percent. It's how much Brian Singer supposedly delivers on movies when he just shows up. Ah, okay. No, I thought it was. I thought it was fine. I liked it, but I, I'm not going to gush over it or anything right. like that. I just thought it was decent. Um, they're make uh, blonde, You know they're going to do another Daniel Craig Blonde. Uh, yes. But they're. they're why do you have a ponytail and you're over 20 years old? Because I'm over 20 years old and I'm trying to break the mold. <laughs> the mold of what? A guy in glasses who may work at a bookstore? I did work at a bookstore. <laughs> everyone. No one loves me. What mold? That guy who definitely is excited about Comic Con? Really like, what mold are you trying to break? <laughs> like, leave me. A geek like me. Dresses it like he can go out in public just so you motherfuckers can wear a ponytail and put us back 20 years? Like, think, think about the fucking movement, people. Are you saying Bibiani's like flavor flavor to the geek movement? I'm just saying when I was 16, I people like him came into the comic store where I worked, and I knew I didn't want to end up like him. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. 
And we're both on the same show, motherfucker. Here we so are. I'm, I'm, like, I'm a guest. I'm, I, having me on your show is a treat. You live, what does that say? You live here. Bibiani, we're prescribing you a haircut. He comes back with like an MC Hammer like fade. <laughs> God, I wish. Um, so guys, uh, uh, you know they're going to make another Bond movie with Daniel Craig. Uh, they're talking about Blofeld, uh, that character coming back. And Donald Pleasance and Telly Savalas will be... Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen, supposedly. Yeah, I like him. I like Martin Sheen, too. Yeah, I like him a lot. I, like him a lot. Um, I have nothing like, to... I said Lycan. That's what I heard, too. <laughs> hey! He's a Lycan. Uh, yeah. uh, I have nothing really to say about that except I'm looking forward to it. Speaking uh, of werewolves, it looks like uh, there might be a Teen Wolf remake. God Where did you read about this? I didn't read I this. read about this. This is, uh, I think it was on Anna Cool, probably linking to a variety article, which no, is what they usually do most of no, the time. No, thank you. Uh, no, thank you. I no, can't imagine you. what you do. Are you going to make it scary now? Yeah. Because I, uh, it's, it, it, probably what it is is like, look, Twilight was successful. We want more monsters in high school. Because apparently they're doing a Beauty and the Beast remake. Yeah, Beastly uh, or something. Beastly. Like that. Beastly. Yeah, and I saw like well, the picture of the. Hudgens. Like, we're not going to watch that no, shit. No one is going to willingly little watch girl, that. Little girls. Little watch girls. That. But the problem is the little kids is that they don't know any better. And the Beast isn't a beast. He just he, looks he, like. He, uh, he, he's like mangled. You know, yeah, he, no, he looks. He he, he looks. Um, like somebody threw acid in his face. No, he, no, he looks. He, doesn't he looks look like Hellboy. No, he doesn't look like Hellboy. You know, he looks like he looks like he had like some like you know face tattoos yeah. and uh, he's really pale. He, and I'm like, so, so he, he looks becomes like a squatter. He 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 looks like he, he looks like he spent his way too much time at Hot Topic. Right. Is basically <laughs> and and the thing is beastly. Yeah. Beastly, especially for a guy. So, guys, speaking of some of our favorites, we've had our good man Fred Decker on the show to talk about uh, Monster have? Squad. Yeah, we That's interviewed him awesome. about Monster Squad. I pitched him uh, so many sequels to Monster Squad when they had a special screening at the I got, a, I got a sequel for Monster Squad. Yeah, so uh, and it's um, he but his the movie he made that same year, Night of the Creeps. Uh, we've always wanted to uh, see uh, what was it, Randy from uh, the the um. National Lampoon's vacation, European vacation. Yeah. Oh, Randy Quaid. Oh yeah, the, the little kid. Who is no, the, the son? I don't, I don't remember his name. The son is actually the lead character yes, in Night of the Creeps. The other movie. I don't remember that his name. But he, he's great. Night of the Creeps. Never yeah. got on DVD. I don't know if you guys have. We've seen been it. wanting it on DVD for a long time. I, I have. I've been forced to have a bootleg, which goes against everything I stand for. <laughs> but uh, Night of the Creeps is, is great. And now it's coming out on DVD. And now it's finally coming out on DVD by the end of the year. And the the renewed interest in Night of the Creeps has spawned talk of a sequel. Um, believe that when I see it. I believe that I'm when I see it, but I, I'd like to. I'd like to see Fred Decker work more. Is the long and yeah. short of it? Because I always thought he was really talented. Like RoboCop three. RoboCop three. The, the problem <laughs> with RoboCop three. Let's be honest here. The problem with RoboCop three was jetpack. was jetpack. No one wants. The problem with RoboCop was like. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want we don't want that. Yeah, the Rocketeer. It was it's kind of stupid. Oh, uh, it does make uh. it a little more a little less less uh, less endearing. You know, I was thinking uh, what would be really cool, especially when they announced Crackdown too. Uh, it'd be cool to do a RoboCop game with a cry with the Crackdown engine. Yeah, where, where you can upgrade your you know well, what's so experience just Crackdown upgrade, one. Well, upgrade your RoboCop, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you take damage. Yeah, you, there, you can actually do less because it, it busts up your suit. Remember when Robocop was getting his ass kicked and he could barely move? No, Robocop's I, always getting his ass. Right. Robocop is always well. That's yeah. Well, he's up against even the by ninjas and last, and I'm like, come on. But you know what I mean? Like, it'd be fun to do a Robocop I, game like that. I think it's interesting in theory, but I think in practice, when you when you do a video game where I get, I oh, I've been shot. I can't, uh, I can't do anything now. I don't think that's really that particularly compelling. You have to I, hide in a parking garage. 
But until what? It's not, you can't have you can give yourself upgrades. generating health with yeah. that. You can't do that. You're yeah, gonna you have to like, you're gonna have to crawl shit. slowly dun, to dun, repair dun, stations, dun, which have got to be every twenty dun, dun, feet because you're gonna keep getting in fights. Yeah, you have to do like God of War button combinations to remember shit. But that'd be badass. Yeah. <laughs> that would, that would be oh, cool. that would be awesome. Mini games. That would be cool. Little and if you games. don't do them right, you remember the wrong stuff. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, you remember that time when you put yourself through college by by being a mime. <laughs> you know, that'd be great. I'm in for it. I'm into the RoboCop yeah. video game. Uh, guys, speaking of uh, comebacks, it sounds like Captain America is already on his way back into comics. Now I want everyone, everyone who is surprised by this, to raise your hand. You're an idiot. <laughs> now, a lot of you guys, uh, if you're surprised by, it, maybe you're just surprised by the fact that it happened so quickly. Like uh, two years. It's been about two years. That's pretty good okay. for for a major character well, to stay Gray's dead. Jean Grey's been gone longer. Green, uh, Jean Grey's been gone longer this time. But yeah. she's not a major character. She's not like a no. like a marquee. Oh, okay, character. I see. Yeah, what you're saying. Uh, here's the thing. I think the long I think the longest run we've ever had really is Bucky. But Bucky preceded Bucky's death preceded the mm -hmm. cliche of superhero deaths not mattering because no superhero really died. But what are you, that? Gwen Stacy? Gwen Stacy, uh, but she's still dead. And still not a marquee character. And still not a marquee character. I'm thinking, but Magneto's deaths never lasted any particular length of time. No. Uh, I think the longest one we ever, the longest marquee character death that ever happened was Barry Allen, who, and even mm -hmm. he came back. Mm. So um, are you reading that? No. Yeah. My, I, 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 I talked about how I don't. I'm not into. You know, it. What? I love comic books. I there's nothing really going on in comic books that makes me compelled to go to a comic book store every month anymore. Okay. Ditto. I, oh. I, I, I'm so burned out. Okay. I, I know it's a cliche, but I'm burned out on the events. It feels like nothing matters because next year something will change right. everything anyway. Um. So I'm coming to the comic book store every month and a half, two months, to catch up on Green Lantern. Just because mm -hmm. I've invested so much time into that, and yeah. I, I still like it's it. It's a great read. I still, it's it's still a great read, but it feels like you know it's still moving kind of slowly, and I don't need to catch up on it every week. And uh, I still read Guardians of the Galaxy and Nova. I still think they're the best stuff that Marvel's putting out. And uh, yeah, apart from that, I try new stuff every time I go. I like oh, I'll pick up a new issue number one, see what happens, and. It, 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 the smart people of the world are picking up the Invincible trades. Invincible's great. Guys, I gotta Invincible's tell you, wonderful. earlier today, Ian, I'm so far behind on it. Ian Kerner had just called me, because uh, he read the last issue of Invincible that came out this past week. Oh, uh, I need to get it. And he goes, you're reading it in trades, right? And I said, yes, I'm reading Invincible in trades. He goes, you fucking idiot. The cliffhangers are so <laughs> fucking good. You're not reading it properly. You are not reading Invincible properly, is what he said to me. Well, are you reading it in Braille? I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess I'm reading it back to front because yeah. I don't know how I'm not reading it properly, Ian. Uh, the thing is, <laughs> Ian loves. <laughs> oh, I got I got I got mad. See, because I am yeah. reading comics every week. I love comics. Uh, when, oh, I when, don't. When, 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 when uninteresting, when, when stuff like this happens and it isn't, I just scale back, you know? Yeah, I scale like, I'm back. Scaling too. I just, back. There's just nothing but that I, makes me need but, to read But for me, week. to replenish my image bank, my storytelling, like, I gotta have my comics every week. And, mm. and But Invincible, I, I enjoy reading it in trade because, yes, the cliffhangers are great, mm. but that's one page out of 22. The writing, but you know what, the writing you know, of that book is a know, lot of fun. It, it is, but you know what? It's something. And it, I started reading Why the Last Man in Trade, and then mm -hmm. I caught up, and then I was like, I need to know what happens next. So I started reading it monthly, and I realized that the cliffhanger. Yes, fine. It is one page, and it plays great in Trade, yeah. as does Invincible. Uh, but what you get is an extra month of interest, mm -hmm. an extra month of entertainment. Really, just wondering what's going to happen next, and like being excited for the next issue to come out, and. 
I like that. Now the problem with that, though, is that sometimes you get like that in like a TV show, like Battlestar, where yeah. there'll be an inconsistent degree of when you're going to see the next episode, uh, and that becomes more frustrating than anything else. But and you know that happens with Invincible. I do know that it happens, happens with, with Invincible. A lot of books it happens, well, happens with just about everything these days, and it's really frustrating. Even and Robert Kirkman said in the, in, in yeah. the last Invincible trade, like you know, he's had a little panel with all the. Uh, image superheroes there are savage dragons yeah. in one yeah. wolfman's in one says comes out monthly comes out monthly with invincible he said comes out occasionally yeah, yeah. and let's, let's 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 be fair about that with the thing what's this book do you want to talk about <laughs> dead run what is dead that dead run is a new book coming out from boom and i really want to say oh, i love boom. boom kids yeah, you went yeah. over there and hung out. I, I love Boom. I think Boom is one of the more interesting uh, uh, production Yeah, they're doing the Farscape comics. They're doing the Farscape comics. They they do a lot of really high concept stuff, and I really like that. Like Mark Wade's book. This is Mark Wade's book, Irredeemable. Yeah. Yeah, great. Uh, but Dead Run is a book, and it's actually very similar to an idea I had a long time ago, where it's basically a vanishing point post, post-apocalyptic. Where it's, it's the world... Awesome. The world. Okay, well, did you ever see Vanishing Point? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. Car movie. Anyway, uh, so post-apocalyptic world, everyone's living in like a few mega cities. There's like Las Vegas and San Francisco and you know, in whatever. And, mutants. and in between them, mutants, devastation, yeah, yeah. radiation, all kinds of shit. End up. And there's a guy who's tight. and our main character is a courier, and his job is to travel the dangerous lands through the ways to to go whatever. And he is they don't his, have email. They they don't have email. And pff, you fucking kidding? No, it's, it's packages. Okay, it's, pa- he, it's, actually, it's actually goods and services. Okay, uh, and his he he. Um, he fucked up on a previous run, and he pissed off a very dangerous man who has now kidnapped his sister and is forcing him to make a dead run, uh-huh. uh, in, traveling between Las Vegas and San Francisco in under 72 hours, which might seem like a decent amount of time today, but in the future, when you have to not fight so things. much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's pretty fucked up. So uh, that's that's a pretty cool idea yeah. for a movie. That's, yeah, that's, I'm my, into this. That's a pretty cool idea for a movie. My thing is Boom is that so many of their ideas seem like good ideas for movies. And that's not necessarily intrinsically bad, but so many of them are structured that way. Yeah, and they never get options. They never. Well, some of them do, but they never get made. Right. You know, I think a Talent would have made a great movie. Potter's Field would have made a great movie. This would make a really cool movie, at least from the first issue yeah. it would. But the problem is when you read it, particularly in individual issues... It's very dissatisfying because it's structured like a movie. It's right. very clearly people who want it because it's this is uh, from uh, it was created by Andrew Cosby, the guy who created Eureka. Okay. So he's pretty savvy. I'm not a big fan of that show. I feel like it's got an inconsistent tone, but it's a good idea for a show, and he knows how to get stuff made. And so he probably wants to make this into a movie. Who wouldn't? Um, that doesn't play very well as a comic book, and as a result, I think a lot of Boom stuff reads better in trade, and it's frustrating to to do it on a monthly basis. Yeah, um, but I, but that is a trade I'm now interested in. No, I think absolutely. That sounds from, good. From 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 first issue again, uh, only first issue, totally worth checking out. Yeah. I would totally look into it. I think it's very fun. Who's writing that again? Uh, Andrew Cosby has done the story, and then Max uh, Allen Nelson, who I sometimes get confused with Max Allen yeah. Collins, for, who did Road to Perdition. Max Allen Nelson, who wrote uh, Fall of Cthulhu, which is one of the best Boom series by mm. far. And one of the ones that doesn't feel like it was just made for a trade. It's really, really strong. Dead Run. That sounds yeah. badass. Um, yeah, so he writes a script. So I would um, What is this other one? Executive Assistant Iris. Executive Assistant Iris is something I want to talk about. What? Uh, executive Assistant Like, what Iris. is this? What is that? It's about... Okay, remember in the... Is Super- that just like a Hot Titties book? Like, yeah, kind of, like, Well, it's from like Aspen, a, so think oh, about okay. that. Aspen, uh, yeah. But here's the thing. And I kind of... The concept... It's, this is something I want to talk about actually critically. Because normally when I come on, I want to talk about comics I really like. Okay. And I, this isn't something I dislike really, but I want to talk about it. It's... um. Let's okay, get down to the brass tacks. On let's this. get down to the brass tacks on this. You remember when Superman came out as an animated series in the '90s, 
Uh, and all of a sudden, Lex Luthor had a hot bodyguard named Mercy. Yes. This is basically her book, mm-hmm. only it's not. It's basically a woman who is the executive assistant to a guy who... There's no superheroes in it, but he's basically a supervillain. He's an evil bastard. He has uh-huh. people killed. He's running all of these criminal organizations. And it's from her POV. And it's from her POV. And I remember even hearing about this, and I'm like, that's cool. I'd like to get to know more of this, more about this person. This person sounds like they have a fascinating life. And then uh, I'm, I'm reading it, and I'm like, okay, there's some action. Uh, I don't know anything about you. <laughs> and it's really frustrating, where there's a great plot, and the thing is, and it, it's all about a character. Her, it's the character's name in the title and I don't know anything about her and I really want them to I'm going to give them one more issue and I know it might be a little too late but uh, get some character in there because that's a really cool idea for a series and I'd love to read it Yeah. but if it's going to keep being you just know, titties and it's, it's well it's not that it's, yeah but pretty much if it's just going to be that it's kind of plotting it, yeah exactly uh, if it's just going to be that kind of plotting uh, you, you're going to lose me, and I think going to lose a lot of people. But apart from that, that's a cool idea, guys. Get get to work on it. Oh, so it could be really neat. Mr. Bibiani here. I, I, a, I'm trying to help a, you. A directive. I'm trying to help you. Help me yeah. help you. Yeah. So. What do you think of that, uh, Running Lizard? What do you think of that? This is one of those things. Last week on the show, we had Brian Hamble uh, on it. Remember Brian Hamble? He was the producer yeah. for the, the movie last week. And he, he goes, hey, I got you a gift. And I was like, what the fuck is it? And he goes, no, check this out. He goes, you can blow it up like this big and bounce it around and stuff. And I'm like, where the fuck Why would you this? do that? You're blowing that up the size of my body when I got here, though. <laughs> that was pretty amazing, actually. <laughs> what bothers me up. is that the feet and the tail don't seem to blow up either, and I wish they would. I find that adorable. I wish they would. The I feel only like it would be like... I was blowing it up that much, though, is so I could make queef sounds. <laughs> you know... I just want to say, when I look at this, I think, Brian? I think of the ending of Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> Brian says sometimes he goes down and his face starts going. <laughs> I do not say that. <laughs> I not say that. You said it was like a wind tunnel. <laughs> you were like, what am I, fucking trading for NASA? That's what you said. That's what, that's what he said. I'm sorry, but that, that's what you said. You said sometimes she gets gas. I'll never let him hurt you ben again. Sister. <sighs> Fight me right now. Fight me right now. My goal is to uno? make you so... Uno. What is that? Uno. What, what, what? You want to slap in uno. the face? Just no, do uno. No, slap me in the cock. All right. Muchos veces. Um, so this is that. <laughs> oh, this is cool. My Slither stress ball. I'll sit here at my desk writing and I'll... It says Slither on it. Okay. Here you go, Brian. This I did, I, 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 to go I, to a toy <laughs> store with Jonathan, by the way. Just, I, he's just pulling stuff off my desk and handing it. We're just, we're just stretching out the episode at this point. This is like the segment where I bring something colorful into the equation and Jonathan entertains himself for like three minutes. <laughs> uh, I did not mean what I said about the queef pot. I know. Um, so guys, video games. <laughs> the big video game this past week was Ghostbusters. After like having like an eighty percent game, there's so many games that come out that are good. Yeah, a game that scores like a Metacritic of eighty percent is considered astronomically good at this point. At this, I, I yeah. think you know, but, it's, but, it's but considered. I only buy like one, buy I only buy like one, but one game a month. Oh, at, if, at, if, at, for me, if, if, that, if, that, if that, yeah, exactly. So I I reserve my gaming for like the ninety five percent, the hundred percent. Usually the event games. My shit's quarterly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I'm like, considering this, like yeah. uh, like a Left 4 Dead type thing. Yeah. So a game like Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. it gets a Metacritic of yeah. ninety. Everyone I know who's played it has really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, unfortunately, neither of us have. Yeah, so but, we're not uh, gonna. Be, so that's that. But you wrote a review of Red Faction Guerrilla. What, yes. what got you to get this game? Because I, I didn't this, know too much uh, about it. You know, I was complaining to a friend of mine, Adam Thomas, 
Hi, Adam. Um, who, uh, and I was saying, there's nothing I'm interested in. I thought there was like a really dry spell for like pretty much the whole year so far for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was like, have you checked that Red Faction Guerrillas demo on Xbox Live? And I was like, no, sir, I have not. So I went home and I checked out the demo of Red uh-huh. Faction Guerrilla on Xbox Live. And I played it and I was immensely entertained. And so I went out and I got the game. It's not a great story. Is Red Faction like an existing It's an existing franchise? franchise. I've never played it before. I, I've, I've heard of it Was vaguely. that like one of the first Wii games? I don't think no. so. Are you thinking of Red Steel? I am thinking of Red Steel. Am I? You are thinking of Red, Red Steel. Steel. That was one of the very sequel. first. Red Faction is is basically, it's set in the Total Recall universe. It's basically, <laughs> no it is. It's, it's, it, the entire thing plays out like a big sequel of, of uh, Total Recall 2. Imagine at the end of Total Recall, Mars is starting to be terraformed. It's, you can breathe outside now. Um, and the rebels who, who took over the fascistic regime or whatever the hell it was uh, are, are now in charge, but now they're bigger dicks than the old guys. Like, <laughs> the power is corrupted and they're just, you know, killing people and kidnapping and propaganda everywhere. And now you are kind of Nico Bellic. You're, you're immigrating to Mars. Uh, your brother is there, your, your, your estranged family. Uh, and he's going to help you get work. And then, um, you know, after a tutorial sequence, he's killed. Oh, it, I'm not ruining anything. This is the first half hour of the game, um, and then you know the, you the, the government. Yeah, the government wants to kill you, and so you take you help out with the resistance, and uh, then it becomes for the most of the game a pretty much a sandbox thing where you're you run like around a, you're like a terrorist. On yeah, Mars. pretty much. Yeah, but here's the thing: there's a difference between terrorist and freedom fighter. There's a lot of parallels in this yeah, game. You, no, there's a lot of parallels in this game between like the American Revolution. So uh, tell that and, to and the British circa 1770. I know, but no, but I mean, there's seriously, it's like, okay, so so <laughs> Mars has been colonized by Earth. Earth is depending on us. It's actually a lot like Moon. Uh, Earth is depending on us <laughs> on Mars for resources. and uh, But they're they're totally abusing the people on there because they're so far away. What, what are they going to fucking do? Right. So, uh, so, yeah, you go on a series of missions, you know, oh, we have to raid this blank. Oh, we have to go on this transport mission. Oh, we have to save some hostages. So did George Washington. Exactly. Terrorist. I would love to see a sandbox oh, game like. set in the American Revolution. Oh, that'd be fun. That would be cool. Um, Ye oldie. Here is yeah. a... No, you can upgrade your musket. Oh, that'd be know, badass. So, yeah, but, uh, but the cool thing with yeah. Red Faction Guerrilla, and this is the, really the selling point, this is what makes it more distinctive than just Grand Theft Auto Mars, uh, is every piece of the environment can be destroyed, except for the actual... Except for, like, the rock. But all, every building... Uh, and there's a lot of variety in that can be ripped apart. Um, so, and you can do that with a big act, with a big uh, uh, hammer. You can just rip it off like that. Very cool, very fun, very satisfying. You can blow it up with remote detonating charges, rocket launcher, what have you. You can drive shit through it, and that's all very entertaining. And they come up with a lot of great ways of doing that. There's a lot of buildings where it's like, oh shit, how am I gonna get up there to to break that off? Because that's obviously the weak point. Um, there's a lot of like individual like you know portal like challenges where you have to like blow up this building, but the building is down in a ravine, and all you have are gas cans and like a tube, and you have to try to blow it up from like a great distance using very limited resources. So there's a lot of replay value uh, with that. A lot of lot of fun ways to do that, and I was really really enjoying this game. I actually, if you read my review, you will know that I think it's actually more entertaining as a whole than Grand Theft Auto 4. Um, that said, it is not without its flaws. It's got a lot of little nitpicky problems with it. I, I, it has a problem with like the map system, where uh, it'll like, okay, here's this exclamation point. I have to go to this exclamation point to get my next mission. So you go to the exclamation point, and you realize the exclamation point is really just the general vicinity of where uh, you need to go. Awesome. And then, uh, yeah, you need to like go all the way around a fucking mountain. 
or you need to climb a steep, curvy hill, and it's really frustrating. Um, so a lot of little bits like that. And then the th weird thing is, is that after a couple of hours of you know major set piece action sequence, then cutscene with story um, over and over again, it stops that, and you can play for about twenty hours without encountering anything really plot related. And then it all comes crashing back at the end with some really stupid plotting ideas uh. and like some weird new functionality stuff that they just kind of throw at you and it doesn't quite work. So I was the ending of the game disappointed me, but I got like twenty hours of sheer entertainment. And out it's of about it. the, the gameplay. You can finish the game in about twenty hours. Yeah, give it to, well, the, obviously it depends on how leisurely you want to play, how much you want to do all the side missions. Uh, unless I really needed the money, I, I never did a transport mission because they're just tedious. Right. You know, it's like oh, I got to get to the other side of the map by driving. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, it's no. just like I'm, I might as well just do my yeah. own chores. Like, you know what? Yeah, I'm exactly. interested now. Yeah, I, I you know I'm a I, fan of the GTA games. Yeah, I, I think it's really fun. As I said, it, it has some minor issues, but if you're a sandbox gamer, uh, this has enough variety to it to make it distinctive, but it also feels very familiar. You can just run around shooting fools uh, or intelligent people. That's what I like to do. Depending on who you want to Yo, shoot. Yo, fool! Yeah. Bam! Uh, but no, it's, it's spectacularly fun, and I recommend it highly. So, um, you're you're excited about this Mad Dog McCree? Recording. I would be excited about this if I, it's only coming out for the Wii. Well, you can come over to my place. And we <laughs> I can, will. We can do a. a I game, will. We I, can do so, Mad Dog thing. McCree is coming out again for the Nintendo it's Wii, and you I kept the beard from when you were a kid playing Mad Dog McCree. I did. You can uh, be a Mad Dog McCree. McCree I would character. love to be Mad Dog McCree. So, Mad Dog McCree is coming out oh, for the Wii, and I got to shoot out. I, I, I hope that all of the FMV full motion video video games that came out for the Sega CD oh, Sewer Shark come out. Be shit. Sewer Shark, uh, Night Trap. I never got to play. Night I never had a Sega CD. I was a, I was a William, Super Nintendo guy. Night, I never had Night, a Sega Track, Night, Night Trap was my shit. I know. I can quote scenes from Night I'll Trap. I'll bet you can. Vampires, you gotta be jamming me. <laughs> Out. See, I don't. I don't even think that's funny because oh, I just. For me, that's just serious. That's my favorite quote from Night Trap. Heard. So you can YouTube yeah. that. It's in, towards the end of right. Night Trap. When so the we're starting to in. get all of these genre games back, all God these uh, adventure games, and all these full motion video <laughs> games, and I'm looking forward to this because I can finally play these. Oh, uh, Night I might Trap. have to buy a Wii again uh, just Dude. to just to play Mad Dog McCree. Think and Night, Night Trap. Again. Yeah. He had I, I bought a Wii and I sold it because I was getting no entertainment value. Right. Oh wow, you did that. I, I did. I was, I was like, I played Mario Galaxy. That was fun. I played Resident Evil. That was Mario fun. Mario Galaxy Two is coming out. I know, but adorable. you know what? It's going to be the same fucking thing. It's and, ninety percent. Uh, it's ninety percent new. Ninety uh, percent. <laughs> That's what they said. Miyamoto said it's ninety percent new. What's the other ten? There's, there's Yoshi's. There's I all sorts of don't, shit. Don't care. Come hang out with I, me. I, I'll play it at your house. I don't you care. I played Super, Super Smash Mario Brothers. Brothers. I thought it sucked. New, um, I, I didn't like that. New I, Super I, Mario Brothers coming out. You can play with me. Four player cooperative. You can be little, one of them. What you don't know close. is that when everyone uh, leaves after an episode of Geekscape, bars come over the door. <laughs> no, no, no. Come back. Come back. I'll let you read some Twizzlers. I will say this. The most, the single most entertaining experience. <laughs> I got a Butterfinger. I can't eat the whole thing. Come back and play games with me. Please. <laughs> Please, we can watch a movie. It's like a gauntlet, but with me. Anyway, the single most, <laughs> the single most entertaining experience I ever had with the Wii, I must say, was Boom Blocks. And that was actually almost worth the price of the Wii to begin with. The bars. Loved Boom Blocks. I can almost grab the Wii remote. Jonathan's just going to riff for the rest of the episode. No, no, Boom Blocks. No, Boom Blocks is fun. Because no. I can throw stuff through my bars and try and hit things in the room. That and was try really, and turn on, I got to turn off the lights. It's like, uh, it's like what, what voice are you even uh, doing? I don't know. You coax dogs. Come on, guys. 
guys, come on, have some peanut butter. Um, oh, so no, no, you're you're taking it there. You you bridge that gap. So Boom Blocks is fun. There's a new like there's a new there's a new Boom Blocks that's out. Yeah, is it out already? It is out. We're yeah. gonna talk about it next week. Yeah, we got uh, Los Ojos de la Muerte from the forums. Uh, remember the DV clothing guys, the Dirty Vato guys? Of course I do. You remember how fucking much they love Erwin uh, loved Transformers, even though it's a fucking shit tard movie. He Transformers Two is coming out the next week. We gonna we're gonna go see it, review it with Erwin, because he's gonna give it a thumbs up because he could be watching fucking a carrot top routine and think that's entertaining. Yeah. So um, they're Hispanic though. They're like. He's good. Hey, me gusta. You know, you know what I discovered? I hung out with them Friday night in Long Beach. Huh. Uh, he doesn't know Spanish. What? Doesn't speak a word of Spanish. Erwin? Doesn't speak a word of Spanish. That's not true. I'm more Hispanic than that guy. What the fuck is the accent all about? And why the fuck are they running a, a clothing line called Dirty Vato? They don't speak Spanish. What the fuck? Wait, really? We're going to get to the bottom of that. That can't be true. It is true. We're gonna. They actually have their own clothing shop now. We're going to be doing an episode next week from their clothing shop. You're going to come down there with me. I agree! So guys, uh, Mad Dog McCree, I am excited, and you were right. Those Having yeah. those video g- games come out. Sewer Shark, there was one that had... Um, What's his name in it? The guy who's doing all the Christian Coalition movies now. Uh, oh, uh, uh, he was Cameron. In, yeah, Kirk Cameron Kirk was Cameron, in yeah. one. Oh, really? Which yeah, one was he, he in? Uh, the one that were, where it was kind of like Sword and Fantasy. I don't remember that at all. That's the shit. Yeah, <laughs> you're saying. <laughs> oh, <this is laughs> listen, shit. you're saying you can't believe Project Natal. I don't understand the concept it, of Project. And now Natal. there's this talk that Xbox yeah. is going to come out with a new Xbox for 2010, yeah. based around the motion control Project Natal stuff. I don't actually want that. Right. I, 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 the thing for me is you sold your Wii. I did sell my Wii. <laughs> no, here's the thing. I think the idea of Project Natal as an interface is fascinating, and I want my computer like that. I want to be able to, you know, grab that, move it over there, Minority Report style. Mm-hmm. That's all That's really so cool. That's so impractical. I don't care how practical it is. It's cool. Here's my thing though with video games is I need. Uh, uh, something to s- here's the thing. you look at you look at the, uh, the the preview stuff for Project Natal and it's all like ah you, there's a fighting game where you're actually fighting I'm like I can't fight I will lose every fight you know what that's, that's no right point. Did you there's see, no point uh, to that you, there's a reason I'm playing video you know, games yeah exactly being it's out there simulating a con- if I could see, do it I'd be doing it I could not set basketballs on fire yeah and Gilmore did you, exactly. Gilmore did you see this video of Felicia our buddy Felicia Day doing Project Natal like testing it out nah man oh I want to see that I mean I mean, she's trying it out she's having fun she's giggling but you immediately can tell watching anybody play Project Natal you know exactly who sucked at sports in high school exactly like that's what Project Natal is gonna do yeah. it's gonna be like oh really I don't I don't here's the thing I, you, it's and just thing a is, there's so much selection thing that Microsoft yeah. is starting yeah, yeah. and the thing, the thing for me is it's, it's they're gonna wanna go back to their controller all this, mo- all this motion capture Jake away on the battlefields yeah. of Valhalla yeah he's like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger and the thing I don't I do really don't get about Pro- the thing I really don't get about Project Natal and every, everything like it really is the more motion capture stuff we have the more we move away from having an abstract interface that can be adapted to any game and have an almost you know not an infinite number of combinations but so many combinations you can use to do anything uh, to removing that and you actually have to do everything you're doing on screen is um, it's slowly eliminating the need for a video game console right where eventually Microsoft is just going to have to charge you like five hundred dollars every five years to go out and do stuff for, for basketball. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, was like, I, was, I was watching this thing. It's like so. There's a hologram three blocks away. Yeah. yeah. We need to press Microsoft it. will just yeah. be like. 
here's a basketball. Go play the game. Yeah, and I'll be five hundred dollars. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want that. I want the interface. I think that's a that's a better investment for everyone. And I think it's it's. Uh, it, I, I think I mean, the Wii kind of does good. that. There was like a Wii yeah. controller shaped like a bowling ball. Have you seen this? Oh yeah, I saw that. What the hell is shaped that? Shaped like a bowling ball. I, it's, I got a Wii controller for that. Like, Wii bowling it's is like, huge though. Like, but if you're gonna, Wii bowling but, is great. But right, I but if the you're, if you're gonna buy, if you're gonna buy a bowling ball, just go fucking bowling. Okay, old people use Wii a lot. Put them in. Put, put them in a furnace. That's not cool, man. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get you a dead reaction. Just so the other thing. Bad. The I'm other. Th kidding. The other thing. And then there's the Elderly other. Elderly Holocaust. Two other things that bug me about no, Project Nano. No, just Natal. scrape them into the ocean. Two other things. Scrape. <laughs> they can't all swim. <laughs> Could take them up to Oregon where they got cliff face. What do you call a hundred old people at the bottom of the ocean? Tragic. More oxygen for me. That's what yeah. I call it. Oh, call that joke. Oh, hey, oh, Gilmore over here. He's been alive since episode one, but oh. to episode 126 is when he's like, "I'm gonna strike." God damn them! I built up my episode for 100. I built up my anger for 125 episodes, and now I will unleash. <laughs> I have like an aluminum foil like collar with a cape. Ah, it keeps the microwaves out of my brain. Um, so guys, Olivia Munn was not nude in Playboy. You wrote this out? You're actually I wrote this down. I wrote this down because that people think that's newsworthy. I've seen that on multiple websites where it's like, Olivia Munn's in Playboy, but she's not nude. I'm like, can I tell I you? Shit? I've wanted to see her naked for a we, long time. I think we all want to see, there's a lot of people we want to see naked, yeah. but here's the thing, it's like, I think she's really here's the thing, that. that's a lack of news being news. That's like, Olivia Munn isn't naked. I can see her not naked all the time. <laughs> I can see her wearing yeah. degrees of clothing. Anywhere. That's not yeah. news. I um Gilmore. Yes, wait, Gilmore. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah. Uh, I I just want to say on this bit that Olivia's in Playboy and they they showed it on Attack of the Show. I must have gotten about five press releases in the email right. box in about a minute. It's like listen. And I was like, G four, just back up off of this. Yeah. It's not news to me. Especially since she's it's, it's not news at all. It's the lack of news. It's because she was doing a Maxim shoot and that's basically oh okay she's scantily clad again. Gilmore, you had a question from the front of the room. Okay. Okay. Um, so, guys, speaking of a lack okay. of news or content, uh, that's. I'm been sorry Inkscape. about this episode. No, Viviana, <laughs> you've been great. You're always great. Thank you. So are you. Uh, until so you start you. messing with the mic. Um, no, no, now next week you have to show up. Uh, next time you have to dress up like a Mad Dog McCree character. And be like, howdy. Hey, yeah. This is gay. I, I, I would actually need to play some Mad Dog McCree to know what I was doing. Um, so guys, that's Geekscape 126. <laughs> we have a website, geekscape.net. That's what that's what we're that's where you put up all your articles, right? He writes, I write, you put them up. Um, so go there if you guys want daily content. That's geekscape.net. Uh, our our features editor over here, Mr. Gilmore. Thank you so much for doing an awesome show, Mr. Gilmore. <laughs> Wave your nubbins to the We to love the you, Gilmore. Oh yes, we do. Uh, and we are here we every week, you, guys. So Subscribe, tell your friends, check it out. If you want more of us, go on Facebook where you can join our group, become a fan. Just search for Geekscape on Facebook. And of course, if you want more updates, if you're a Twitter guy, you can add me on Twitter, Jonathan London. Uh, Twitter slash Jonathan London. And uh, I usually update whenever there's something happening, like a new article or uh, we go see Moon. And that's what's coming up this week. So I definitely went and updated that. Another undeserved handshake at the end of the show so we'll see you guys next week <laughs> and uh we'll see you guys next week in long beach all right take care thank you